0: All right, our next topic is a topic of sins that lie beneath the surface of the struggle in sexual sin. We're gonna talk specifically in this session about humility and gratitude. It is springtime. Springtime is one of my favorite times of the year. Trees are blossoming. Green is vibrant. I love seeing that this time of year. Plants and flowers are seemingly surging back to life. But with all of the beauty and the new growth, there also comes the bane of springtime, in my opinion, Dandelions. I love a clean yard. I love a thick, luscious green lawn. And so it irks me that despite my efforts, a few dandelions rear their head every spring. And to the horror of my two daughters, we destroy dandelions in our house. Here's the thing. There's two approaches. We can pluck the flower and immediately my yard looks better. It's instantaneous. As soon as I remove the evidence, no one would know that it was ever there. Such an approach may make my lawn temporarily look better, but the problem isn't actually gone. See, the problem isn't actually that you can see the flowers that are growing up in the midst of my lawn. The problem is that there are weeds that are fighting to choke out the grass. And that problem will, cons- will persist until... I kill the weed and new grass can grow in its place. So here's the thing, actually killing the plant takes far more commitment than merely removing the flower. I can either uproot it, which kills some of the grass around the area, puts a hole in my lawn, or I can spray it with herbicide and wait while the plant eventually dies at the root. You will not win the battle against weeds unless you deal with the root problem that lies beneath the surface. In the same way, you will not win the battle against sexual sin unless you also deal with sins that lie beneath the surface. And I wanna draw our attention in this session this morning to two sins in particular that consistently lie beneath and motivate the committing of sexual sins. These sins are pride and ungratefulness. Pride and ungratefulness. I wanna be clear, these are not exhaustive. There's certainly more to lust and sexual sin than just pride and ungratefulness, but I'm convinced that there's not less than that. These two sins are consistently there. They consistently lie beneath the surface. I've become convinced of this statement. Men who are not living with purity are proud and ungrateful men. Men who are not living with purity are proud and ungrateful men. To state that positively, to live with purity demands humility and gratitude. Those must be characteristics of your life if you are to live with purity. Now, I want to show you this this morning in two primary passages. We're going to move very quickly. But if you do have your Bibles, I'd like you to look at James chapter 3. James chapter 3. As we look at these underlying sins, first I wanna draw our attention to the sin of pride and the need for humility if we're going to fight this fight well. James chapter three, verses 14 through 16. Let me read that to you. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Let's break down those verses for just a minute. In verse 14, James introduces a a couple of, of sins that lie beneath the surface, he talks about bitter jealousy. Bitter jealousy in verse 14, that is wanting what someone else has for yourself. It is fundamentally, bitter jealousy is fundamentally selfishly motivated. He then describes the sin of selfish ambition. That is is wanting to make yourself large and to make others small. Those attitudes James describes in verse 14 as arrogant and boastful. He says those attitudes are attitudes that are filled with lies verse 15, he says, that's not heavenly wisdom. It's earthly wisdom. He describes it as natural, even demonic. So what do these sins have to do with purity? Well, James tells us in verse 16, where he says that every evil thing results from these attitudes of a proud and arrogant heart. Look again at verse 16 of James 3. He says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Where is every evil thing found? James says it's found when there is selfish ambitions in the heart. There are root sins that lie beneath the surface of other sins. We know this to be true in other categories, it's evident. Um, Dale was just walking us through Matthew chapter five where Jesus talks about how murder is a sin and yet there's a motivational sin underneath that that Jesus warns us about. And that's, that's the sin of hatred, right? Hatred motivates murder. It's a sin that lies beneath the surface of murder. Sexual sin is the same way. Pornography has those lust, marital unfaithfulness. There are sins that lie beneath the surface of those actual acts and one of them is pride, arrogance thinking more highly of yourself than you should. When you are given to sexual sin, impure thoughts, pornography, masturbation, marital affairs, premarital unfaithfulness, lusting, you have a proud and arrogant heart. You think more highly of yourself than you should. You are worshiping and serving yourself rather than God. Those are are hard words, so let me say, As Rick said in session number one, this is every man's struggle. Every man is battling with pride in his heart. I am clawing for humility because it is unnatural to me. The question is not, is there pride in your heart? I assure you it's there. The question is, are you battling it? Are you fighting it? The man losing the fight for purity isn't fighting the fight for humility. The man that is clawing for humility is going to find traction in the fight for purity. So how do we cultivate humility? Just very quickly, just crash course in cultivating humility. There's much more that could be said here, but very quickly, let me just say, pray and pray hard because humility is unnatural to you. It is a gift that God alone can give. So ask him for it, pray for it, confess pride. Pray, meditate on gospel truth. I'll add that to how we can cultivate attitudes of humility. Meditate on gospel truth. Think, spend time thinking upon the fact that you are an enemy of God and that he had mercy on you. Think about the fact that God himself took on flesh to give up his life and pay the penalty for your sin. Think about the cost of forgiveness. Think about the grace of God by which you are declared righteous and can live righteously. The gospel message is fundamentally humbling. It's why the world rejects it. And meditating on that message has a humbling effect. Pray, meditate on gospel truth. I'll add this, know God more. You wanna cultivate humility? You need to know God more. A growing knowledge of God should have a shrinking effect on ourselves. So study his word. Pay attention and so you want to grow in humility? Pay better attention on a Sunday morning. Grow in your theology. We did a series on the attributes of God in student ministry recently and we titled it Big God, Little Me. It was all about the attributes of God because the bigger God gets in our mind, the smaller we get. And so grow in your knowledge of God, know God more. Let me add this. I think Paul would encourage us to cultivate humility by serving others, serve others. Philippians 2, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but in humility of mind, treat one another as more important than yourselves. Take upon yourself the attitude of Christ Jesus that is humility. Let me commend a quick book. If you'd like to press into this further, and I'd encourage you to do so, Humility by C.J. Mahaney. Uh, is a fantastic, accessible, uh, easy read, and I think you'll find that it helps you to give traction in the battle with humility, the battle for humility, that will ultimately give you traction in the battle for sexual sin. Men, you need humility. You need humility if you're going to find traction in the battle against sexual sin. We need more than just that. I think God's word also instructs us, among other things, that we need not just humility, but that we also need gratitude. That ungratitude is a sin that lies beneath the surface in the pursuit of sexual sin. Turn over to Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. In this text, Paul gives a list of sins and they're very broad reaching, but several of these words either refer directly to sexual sin or they're tangential to it. Let's read through Ephesians chapter five. You can follow along verses three and four. Paul writes this, immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. And there must must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting. We'll stop there. There's a list of sins there. Immorality is a directly sexual term. Impurity is often used to describe sexual sin. Greed is used by Paul in the book of Colossians in a long list of sexual sins. Filthiness, silly talk, coarse jesting, certainly impure speech would fall under the category of those sins. Many of these sins directly point to sexual sin. Many of them are tangential to it. But I want us to observe i think we all know as we read through this that these are not fitting for the believer paul, paul says that in verse four these sins are are unfitting for the life of a believer i think gathered together this morning we know that to be true we're gathered because we don't want these sins to define our lives so i want us not to focus on that list of sins instead i want us to focus on what paul what paul presents as the replacement for those sins We often talk about the importance of putting off and putting on, casting off one category of sin and and replacing it with a category of righteousness. Paul says that we are to replace sexual sin. Look again at the text, the last phrase in verse four. Rather, the giving of thanks. The giving of thanks. Not... Sexual immorality, not impurity, not greed, not filthiness, silly talk, coarse jesting, no, not those. Instead, the giving of thanks. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's unexpected. Like as you read through, and if you're to imagine, like, what do you think Paul's gonna say next? After he says, don't do all these things, what's he gonna replace it with? You know what comes to Paul's mind? Giving thanks, gratitude. You know what that tells us? Sexual sin and gratitude are incompatible. They are oil and water. That tells us that ungratitude is a foundational issue under the surface of sexual sin. Show me a man who is failing in purity and I'll show you a man who is ungrateful. Ungratefulness means we're unsatisfied with what God has given We're discontent, we're unhappy in our current state. Listen to these words by Heath Lambert, actually from the book that you men all received this morning. Porn is only consumed by thankless people. The desire for porn is a desire to escape from what the Lord has given you into a fake universe full of things you do not have and will never have. It is the trading of gratitude for greed, unquote. You wanna gain traction against sexual sin? You need to work to be more thankful for what God has given us. You cannot sin sexually without longing for something that God has not given you. Can't be done. You cannot sin sexually without longing for something that God has not given you. It's fundamentally greedy. So the antidote that Paul presents is to consider, consider the many gifts that God has given you and to thank him for them the gift of salvation, the church, spiritual gifts, relationships, physical blessings, your spouse, your singleness, children, food, clothing, and so many more. Be grateful. Give thanks for the many blessings that God has given to you. Paul says, that is what we replace sexual sins with. Man, life is better when we're grateful. Life is happier when we're grateful. Pursue gratitude by considering God's gracious gifts. I promise you that if you do, you will find growth in resisting temptation of the greedy and proud desires in our heart that, that lean towards the committing of sexual sin. Sin is a problem, must be attacked at the source. We must attack the source. You don't weed your lawn by plucking flowers. You don't beat cancer with Tylenol. You don't fix the foundation of your house that is crumbling with a fresh coat of paint. You have to go to the source. And God's word tells us that two sins that lie beneath the surface of lust are pride and ungratefulness. And we hear this and I hope that that helps to identify some of the things that lie beneath the surface in in each of our hearts. Can I just encourage you? You're gonna identify those. They're there, they're in me. Repent of those sins. See, see, sometimes like in, in the desire to not give in to sexual sin, we miss the opportunity to repent for the sins that were actually under the surface. One of the marks of men that are enslaved to sexual sin is that they tend to think that that's their only problem or that that's the most significant problem. They judge their walk with Christ exclusively by whether or not they've looked at immoral images in the last week. You may have found yourself in this position. Do I take communion this month or no? Well, have I looked at anything immoral in the last month or not? Like that is the litmus test of faithfulness in scripture goes far beyond that. Let's identify these sins that lie beneath the surface and repent of them accurately. Don't just repent of of what you looked at. Certainly repent for that, but, but repent of pride. Repent of ungratefulness and replace them by God's grace with humility and with thankfulness. Let's attack these sins at the root. I think if you do, you'll find more traction by focusing on pride and ungratitude, casting those aside and seeking every day to cultivate an attitude of humility and of thankfulness. Father, give us the ability to to identify these sins that lie beneath the surface in our life. We've seen already multiple times this morning that you are concerned with the heart. We want to have hearts that are submitted to you. So Father, give us opportunity to identify those, the urgency to repent of those obediently. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.